We're continuing our way through the story, uh, and few copies are left for that. We are on on chapter 19 uh, of the story, and uh, we left off last week with Daniel and, and his three buddies, and almost the entire nation of Israel was in exile. And as I mentioned, when you look at history, when a country is taken over, the people are removed, it goes out of existence, it almost never returns. But through the witness of four young men, bringing an, an opening a door for God to speak to the kings of those conquering countries, God's going to do something amazing. Now, I'm going to move through this scripture, and it's, and it's a little bit of out of sync with time. Because God is going to do something in the present by bringing the people back to Israel in preparation for something that hasn't even happened yet and in preparation for something that happened 500 years after this event. So here are these words. I'm going to start out uh, reading in the book of Ezra, the prophet Ezra. And uh, we are going to look at chapter 1. And uh, this is what God did at that time to bring the people back to the country. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, okay, remember we had, we had the Babylonian king, got conquered, got taken over by Persia, uh, in order that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished. Remember Pat, the prophet Jeremiah said, you will be a time that you are going to be removed from the land, but God will not forget you. The Lord stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus of Persia. God works through everyone to fulfill his plan. So that he sent a herald throughout all his kingdom and also in written edict declared, Thus says King Cyrus of Persia, The Lord of God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and has charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem of Judah. We now have a pagan king that has been converted. Any of those among you who are of his people, may their God be with them, are now permitted to go up to Jerusalem in Judah, tribe of Judah, and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. So it's been 70 years it's now time for God to bring his people back home. Now I'm going to shift to the book of Haggai. And I'm actually going to read a piece here, chapter 2, verse 4, that even in our time has not yet happened. But by God returning the people to the land, he's laying the foundation for something that has yet to even happen. Yet now take not it has not happened in our time, all right. Yet now take courage, O Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Take courage, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, and the high priest. Take courage, all you people of the land, says the Lord. Work, in other words, I got some stuff for you to do. For I am with you, says the Lord of hosts, according to the promise that I made you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit abides among you. Do not fear, for thus says the Lord of hosts, 
once again in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. That's the second coming of Christ that we haven't yet seen. And now that, that, that God's God got plans. Now let's go to the, to the prophet Zechariah, uh, chapter 9. And this actually was fulfilled. Remember, we had to get back to Jerusalem in order for this one to be fulfilled. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. That's what we celebrate on Palm Sunday. So he's laying the foundation here for something that's going to happen about 500 years later, which will continue to fulfill something that has yet to come to be fulfilled, which is the second coming of Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Join me in prayer. Father, open our eyes, ears, hearts, and minds to the transforming power of your word. Through the Holy Spirit, may we be changed forever because of our encounter with it. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. How many of you in here keep to-do lists? Anybody here keep to do raise your hand if you got a to-do list. A few people to do. Yeah. To-do lists are great. Uh, and they provide us wonderful structure. Wonderful structure about, okay, I can't forget to do that, and I gotta remember to do that. And the problem with to-do list is we end up doing what's easy and not really that important. Instead of doing what is important and urgent. Now, the wonderful writer C.S. Lewis, and if you ever want to read, he's a great theologian, started out as an atheist and just was overwhelmed with the evidence and became one of the great theologians for, for Christianity. C.S. Lewis wrote, If we put first things first, we get the second things thrown in. But if we put the second things first, we lose both the first and the second things. Now, many years ago, when I started my uh, uh, career in financial services, I went to to a class that was put on by Franklin Day Planners. And they, uh, in addition to keeping a calendar, they taught you how you're supposed to use a to-do list in order to keep first things first. Now, for some of you, um, you may not understand what I'm about ready to say because under this process of using a to-do list, we used very ancient articles called a piece of paper and a pencil. Anybody remember those? All right. If you're young and don't remember that, you can talk to somebody around so they can, they can bring you up to speed. Paper and pencil. So here's what you had to do. Uh, Every day you had to write down your to-do list, personal and work, all right? And then what you'd do is you'd go through and you'd look each one of them and you'd write an A next to the ones that were important and a B next to the ones that were 
less important and a C next to the ones that were less important further still. Okay, so that prioritized important. Then you'd go back and you'd write a one by the thing that is not only important but urgent. Got to get it done today. And then a two by the thing that's important and a little less urgent and things along that line. And then you focused on the top of your list and you work your way down. And this really helped me keep focus on both the things that were important and urgent and the things that were important that were not urgent. Because they came before the less important urgent and the less important non-urgent. And here is what was kind of interesting. Now, I still use a to-do list, except it's on my, my phone, all right? Um, and, and I don't have this possibility anymore. But here's what was kind of interesting, because each day you had to go and do it again. You had to take your previous day's list, and you had to rewrite them down. And then you had to add any additional twos, to-dos, and you reprioritized A's, and then you never... Then the next day you had to write them all down again, Right? So pretty soon, like the C-14s and C-15s that you just kept carrying over from day after day after day after day after day, by physically writing them down, you realized, I'm not ever going to do those, so I just as well scratch them off the list. Right? And there's stuff on our to-do list that needs to be removed. You don't have, you do not have enough hours in the day to get it all done. Amen? You don't. So it's a matter of focus and prioritization. Now, in chapter 9 in the story, God is going to bring his people back and he's going to give them A1 and A2 on their list. Right? His A1 for the people that come out, that were coming back, is rebuild the temple. And his A2 was rebuild the protective walls of Jerusalem. That was his commandment to do those things. But can you imagine being away from your home, being away from Laporte City, All of the folks in LaPorte City have been shipped off with you to a foreign country. You're now coming back 70 years later. And the preacher's saying, hey, the church needs a new coat of paint. Anybody willing to do that? Right? Because the problem was that the people's important and urgent... They found themselves with lots of distractions. You see, the first thing most of the folks wanted to do was go in and... I mean, their houses were a wreck. They had been abandoned or somebody had taken them over or they were falling down. So, no, 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 no. Let me go work on my house and get it kind of nice and neat. Other people said, no, I want to start growing crops. I want to, I want to start a new business. I got to get that open. We'll get to this temple and wall thing, you know, down the road. And in addition to that, we had foreigners outside of the nation of Israel that did not want 
to see that temple rebuilt and did not want to see those walls go back up because they remembered the powerful days of David and Solomon. So they were trying to sabotage and distract in any way they could. The important and urgent things according to God's two lists was rebuild the temple and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. But the folks wanted to do what in their eyes was important and urgent or more importantly easy and urgent. So God sent a couple of prophets. Remember they didn't have the Bible. So God sent a couple of prophets by the name of Haggai and Zechariah. And we have talked about how prophets are honorary people. They say things we don't want to hear. And he sent these two people to, to, to prophesy, to encourage, to walk through the streets and say, okay, now it's your shift to go work on the wall. Uh, to say, no, don't get distracted by that foreign country. Okay, I see that you're really liking to sweep out your house, but I need you to go over and focus on the temple. And he sent these two prophets in order to remind them of why God sent them back in the first place. So why? Why? If you were in the middle of that, And Zechariah and Haggai showed up your house. You know, why in the world were these two things God's top two priorities? All right? Let's go back to the promise to Abraham. And let's go back to the prophecy for the tribe of Judah. Out of Abraham would flow the blessing to the world, the Messiah. And that Messiah would come out of the tribe of Judah in the city of Jerusalem. All right. God was starting the long-term process. And this is hard for us, especially as Americans, because we are, we are so instant. If it doesn't happen tomorrow, we're all the world is going to end. All right? And he was focused on the long-term process of, first of all, preparing the temple. Second, making sure Jerusalem would be there. Third, preparing his people. And fourth, preparing the world for the coming of Jesus Christ. And you know what? It wasn't going to happen for another 500 years. Another 500 years. And in God's eyes, that was the most important and the most urgent things for his followers to focus on. All right, let's take a look here at, uh, at uh, y- y- you know this place, right? All right, let's move forward kind of right here today at, at St. Paul. And, and it's miraculous because God is in the process of rebuilding His temple. Amen? I mean, if you would look at the things that, that through your financial giving and the work of the trustees and the work of a lot of you, I mean, miraculous things are happening around here. 
right? Still got a lot of work to do. Still got some, some, some stuff to do. But man, we've done huge, huge things. And, and, and I don't use this word lightly. Miraculous things are happening not only financially, but the reason that they're happening financially is because they're happening spiritually. Amen? Finance doesn't begin with spiritual. It's spiritual first, followed by now I want to honor and get part of, be part of God's plan. And again, I'm not using that word miraculous lightly. People in this church for the first time are coming to Jesus Christ or coming to Jesus Christ after they forgot and left Him. Amen? We are seeing in our midst miraculous healings. Amen? People in this church as individuals are changing and becoming more like Jesus Christ. Big amen. And because all of that has happened, we as the body, many parts, lots of different talents, are becoming more like the physical body of Jesus Christ until He returns. Amen? My friends, there was a time when we as individuals didn't look much like Christ. And there was a time when we as the body of Christ didn't look much like Christ. But that are days past. Amen? That's miraculous. And I want to share with you, um, you know, I've read lots of books. And again, my career was, uh, was, uh, uh, was, was based, a lot of it was based in business. And, and if you will look at it, if you looked at our church four, five, six years ago and looked at how far the fall was, if you looked at it purely from a business statistic, businesses would tell you if you looked at it purely as a statistic, that we should never have survived. No business falls as far as we did and recovers. Period. But we ain't powered by people. Amen? We're powered by the Holy Spirit. And you know what? God's in the resurrection business. Amen? And you're part of it. You're part of the resurrection. New life. Changed lives. Wonderful, wonderful things. We're seeing the spiritual change because worship is growing. We're seeing the spiritual change because we're not panicked each month to pay our bills. By the way, I got some really cool news to tell you. Not only over the last four years have we been paying our apportionments in full. Amen? Amen? We're now entered to the fifth year. All right? But because of your giving, we have now, as of about a week ago, completely paid off our past mandatory apportionments. Amen? Isn't that cool? Give yourself a round of applause. 
And, and you're going to hear some exciting news, you know, down the road here. This church, it is built in its DNA. And I don't care what the, how the community has tried to attack it, how pastors have tried to mess it up, how congregation, congregation members have tried to sabotage it, how Satan has tried to crush it. The one thing this church has done and continues to do is to be in mission. And you guys are going to get to hear, once it's finalized, that the missional giving of this church is far greater than almost any other church per capita or per member in our entire conference. Amen? You're going to get to hear more about that once we get confirmed on the Rainbow Covenant. So get ready to celebrate that. Well, we've accomplished all this stuff. We're paying our bills. We're just about the size where nobody comes in and takes your pew. Let's just sit back and get comfortable. And keep it the way it is. Not. God is not doing these miraculous things at St. Paul for your comfort. Ouch. God is not doing miraculous things at this church for you today. Ouch. God is building towards what? The second coming of Jesus Christ. And He's not here yet. And God gives every single person and every single church the same top to-dos. A1 on the top of God's priority list. Prepare yourselves to meet Christ. Whether you leave here today and something happens that you're standing before Him, are you ready? Or whether Jesus Christ returns next Friday in the lightning and the thunder and the earthquakes, are you ready just to meet Him? And Jesus Christ gave us A number one in Matthew 24, 36, and 44. Jesus said, but about that day and hour, no one knows. In other words, when I'm going to return, no one knows. Neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. You don't know. I don't know. Therefore, you also must be, what's the word? Ready, for the Son of Man is coming at, and next two words, unexpected hour. You, A1, is for you to continue on the process to get ready to meet Him. Isn't that wonderful? And He gives us an A2 on our, on our to-do list. Help prepare others to meet Christ. 
In Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Jesus, this was his last command before he ascended to heaven and took his place on the right hand of the Father. If this is the last words he spoke, I think they're pretty important, right? He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. In other words, you got to know it first so that you can teach others. That is the top two to-dos on God's list at this temple. At this temple. And that's the reason why... Take a look at the front of your bulletin. These are not just words. Very front page of your bulletin. Our single focus... And this determines what we do and when we do it. Is making disciples, that includes you and others, of Christ. Not just making good people. Making disciples of Christ for the transformation of the world. Go! Now my friends, we accomplish this first and foremost by following Christ. Becoming more like Him. And how do we become more like Him? We read what He told us to to do. We follow the Bible. And more importantly, my friends, we got to be real. You all think you have secrets. And as I do counseling, I find out that Everybody has the same secrets I got. This is a place of sanctuary where we come with with our warts and our hurts and our plans. Nobody is there yet. Let's lighten up. Let's be willing to come real with all of our hurts and all of our pains and all of our worries and all of our joys and all of our successes. And let's just stand before Christ knowing that His grace has got us covered. If these are the top two items for God, I'd invite our two singers to come forward and get ready. If these are the two top to-dos for God, you becoming more like Him, And then going out and seeing how many people we can stuff into heaven. Why aren't those your top to-dos? Why is it that many of us spend our time sitting there talking about, can you believe that youth has red hair? What's that got to do with A1 and A2? How many of us spend time talking about, oh, well, that procedure at work is just so stupid. What's that got to do with A1 and A2? Why do we spend our time talking, sitting down and talking about, well, do you know what that pastor did? What in the world has that got to do with A1 and A2? My friends, it's so much funner 
to stick with God's A1 and A2. So as you think about your to-dos, you all got them. And I know you've got some A's and B's and C's. You're like me, D's, E's, F's, clear down to Q's and stuff that you like. You know? God, as you become more like Christ, He puts a light inside of you. That's A1. And then A2 means taking that light out there. You're not perfect. My light gets blown around in the wind and sometimes it gets pretty dim. I was working on some computer work and trying to get a laptop to work and my little light was pretty pretty dim. And sometimes it's a blaze. Right? But you got the light because it's not from you. And we have a beautiful new version of this little light of mine. And I want you, if you want to sing with them, that's fine. I really want you to think about your to-dos. And regardless of what's going on in your life, regardless of the distractions that you have, are you letting it shine, this little light of mine? There's a little light inside of someone Some shine bright, some shine small The rains will come and the waters will rise Don't you ever lose your light In this life you will know Love and pain, joy and sorrow So when it hurts, when times get hard Don't forget whose child you are This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine Gonna let it shine May you live each day no regrets make the most of every chance you get let your eyes get wide when you look at the stars with the same sense and wonder as a child's heart with the ones you love treasure the time and for those who are gone keep the memories alive hold on to your dreams Never let go There's a fire inside you Burning with hope This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine Gonna let it shine There will be days when you wanna give up When the clouds settle in but after the rain comes the sun, don't you ever forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. One day there will be no more pain. And we will finally see. 
Jesus' face. So until then, I'm gonna try to brave the dark and let my little light shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, gonna let it shine. Oh, shine, gonna let it shine. There's a little light inside us all 